Thank you for tuning in to the Educational Leadership Podcast. We are meeting with educational leaders from around the great state of Texas. Hear their stories and gain insights into educational leadership. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining today's workshop. We have Dr. Harris uh, on the workshop today. We are covering his book, The Unavoidable Responsibilities of a Leader. Um, today's going to be a great workshop. We're going to cover some things that you may have heard in some traditional leadership courses and some things you haven't. A lot of these, what we're covering today has to do with the experiences that superintendents such as Dr. Harris has had uh, in public education. So with that being said, I'm going to introduce Dr. Harris and I'm going to let him take over from here. Thank you, Dr. Harris, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Gary, thank you for this opportunity. Thank everyone for coming and uh, uh, listening. Uh, hope I have something that I, I will say that will be beneficial to everybody. Uh, this little this little book that I, I wrote, The Unavoidable Responsibilities of a Leader, uh, it really stemmed from uh, me trying to develop my leadership team and give them some uh, some insight on some things that they need to make sure that they get better at because it was just some things that we were struggling with. And so I started having little sessions and based on those little sessions and going over things, then I began to just write things down. And then uh, someone said, hey man, you ought to put that in a book. I said, okay, well, let's 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 try let's try this thing. So um this is just so so what I what I have is what I've what I've been working with my team on. Um and uh Things that I thought that would be beneficial to everyone else. So, let's get going into the, in, into this thing. Uh, you see my name up uh, as author as an author. Also, you see Doctor. Uh, you see uh, Larry Haynes. Larry Haynes is my uh, director of federal programs. Also, he's a uh, a local pastor. Also, me and him uh, work well together. And so, uh, Doctor Haynes was the writer of the chapter on hope. Uh, and so. Uh, we co we co-labored this thing together, so it's been great. So let's get going. And so as we get going, uh, I have some questions. I know it, that when I do this uh, live, uh, certain questions that I have with that I have are these these ones that's on on the PowerPoint on the screen. Uh, what are some common responsibilities of of, of a leader? Uh, you know, you get your typical your typical uh, uh, answers there, and then uh, from there. Um, I asked the question of which of which of these can be can you can you avoid doing and still be a successful leader because you can be a leader and avoid doing some of the things. Uh, now that's not uh, that's not saying that you can be a successful leader, and that's not saying that you will be a leader for long. Uh, if you remember the the subtopic of the book is sustaining your leadership, and so the key is not not to get into the leadership role. And and then just fizz out real quickly, but to sustain that thing and to be a and to be a part of it for a long time. Uh, one of the things that I I often say, especially in the superintendent's chair, is uh, staying is harder than leaving, because as the longer you stay in a particular place, the longer you have to keep recreating yourself, uh, creating yourself. Because if you go somewhere else. The old things to the the old things to the old district are new to somebody else, and so uh, with that being said, we want to make sure that we sustain our leadership and that we can maintain that. And I also add, then I ask the question: Which of these can be a can you can you not avoid? And so um, let's get down into the chapters of the book. Next slide, please. <clears throat> All right. Okay, so so the first chapter in the book is is called leaving leaving a trail, and and that 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 came from really uh, me and Doctor Doctor uh, Adrian uh, Johnson was having a conversation, and you know he has a book called the uh, the uh, the uh, realities of leadership, and he tells this story he tells this story in there about that uh, his grandmother's his grandmother's back door was was right across the field from his back door. So often he could just go out his back door, follow through the trail, and then come into his come into his grandmother's back door. 
but they had a hard winter one time and and that trail disappeared and when that trail disappeared it forced him to be stuck on the porch and he could not get to his grandmother's home and so uh when i talk to leaders potential leaders and i talk to aspiring leaders uh, and i always talk to them about hey what do you want to be what do you want to do and as we talk it's so ironic that many of them say oh i don't want to be a superintendent oh that's not something i want to do no you can have that uh i don't want i don't want any parts of doing that and and i ask okay why and a lot of times is because of the fear the fear that goes into the unknown because they've never done it before. Uh, most jobs, most jobs in education, you have somewhat of an ideal of what it's like, and one thing prepares you for the next thing. But whenever you become a superintendent, it's a whole different arena. It's a whole different idea. Uh, and so, uh, we so when we talked about leaving a trail. Uh, we talked about, if you look in, in here in the book, it talks about things that we need to do. And the subtopic of that of that chapter is share is sharing is caring. And so we should share certain things. One uh, that I talk about is sharing your experiences. That is critical. And I know that has been critical to me in my in my lead, my my little brief amount of time as superintendent. Uh, is having some people that I could call and they would share their experience with me. I, I can remember one, and I talk about it in the book. Uh, I had been superintendent, oh man, not even not even good six months. And I had a situation that occurred here in West Orange, West Orange, where um, uh, one of our uh, students and their parent had got, got killed in a hit and run. And so... Um, I was I was aware of the situation. I knew about the situation, and uh, I was like, okay, well, good. Uh, we'll 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 figure out how we can uh, do something to uh, be a part of the soothing process for the community. But then I was in Austin, and I got a phone call from my director of communications, and and Lorraine says, Doctor Harris, are you sitting down? And I said, Yeah, but what's going on, Lorraine? And she tells me that, okay, the the individual that hit the hit the mother and the child was one of my employees. And so that was a whole new learning curve. Okay, what do I do? A million things go was going through my mind. I knew the media would be calling. I knew that uh people would be expecting something to hear something from me. Uh, remember, I'm on this superintendent six months. I'm saying, okay, what do I say? How do I address this? So the first two calls I made was to my two Dr. Johnsons, Dr. Adrian Johnson and Dr. Steve Johnson, um, to, hey guys, this is a situation that I that I'm in. Um, not that their situation would be exactly like my situation, but they have experienced some form of a situation. So they could give me the give me advice on how to go about doing things, and so uh, we need to share our experiences. That that that's very important um, because a lot many of the things that we do is based on the experiences that we have. So share those things. Another thing that I talk about in the book is sharing your emotional state. Now this right here was was one that. Um, that I, I, I gathered along the way. Um, it's one of those ones, guys, that from sitting in this chair as superintendent, it's it's a lonely seat uh, within within your 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 community and within your district because typically there's only one superintendent in the community, uh, and we know there's only one in the district. So, um, and you have to you have to always. Uh, be on and you have to always look a certain way and you have to always present yourself in, in a certain way. And, and you, you oftentimes you cannot allow your emotions to, to be shown. And sometimes, and I talk about it in the, in the book, um, uh, sometimes you need somebody that you can uh, bounce things off of and you need somebody that you can talk to 
And, and you need to sometimes hear from other people and other superintendents uh, that, okay, hey, it's okay to feel that way. It's okay to have that emotional, that emotional, that um, that emotional feeling at that time. I know one of the things that I was struggling struggling with was, uh, you know, working in a highly economically disadvantaged district that struggles with scores. And man, I was pushing all the right buttons. I thought, and we was growing and we was moving, and things were looking like they were great um, in all the areas except for accountability. And it seemed like we just could not move in the area of account accountability. So I was, I was, you know, had this feeling of, okay, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I started questioning some of my, my decisions. I started questioning some of my, my practices. And so, um, so when we're working with other leaders and other aspiring leaders, it's nothing wrong with sharing your emotional state. Uh, showing, sharing it, that that it's okay to feel a certain way, and you're not crazy for feeling that way, and you're not and and you're not less a professional for feeling that way, uh, because we all have emotions, and so uh, share those things, and so I, I begin to share uh, my emotional state with certain certain ones that would want to know and want to hear because it makes them feel good. It makes them feel better. And then honestly, just honestly, sometimes you just need to know you're not crazy, you know, for feeling a certain way. And I know I, as a superintendent, I know I'm not, don't, I know other superintendents on, on this call, you, you sit and think, man, am I, am, should I be thinking this way? Or should I be feeling this way? Um, but, you know, it's good to know that, you know what, I'm not the only one in some, some cases. Another thing that uh, in the book, when you leave a leave a trail, leave a trail, I talk about sharing your sharing your time. Uh, time is one of the things that that I know as a superintendent. Many of us know we don't have much of. Uh, Seem like there's not enough time in a day. It just it not enough time in a day. I know. Sorry, guys, my light goes out if I if I sit still for too long. But you don't have enough time in a day. It it's always moving. You always you seem like you you have a list. I know I have a list of things on my calendar, and it seems like I can't get it all can't get them all done on there. But what I've learned is is that you've got to you've got to figure out ways to share your time with with inspiring leaders. And uh, uh, what I've done here at West Orange, what we've 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 developed uh, an expiring uh, leadership academy. Uh, for principals, for those who are desiring to be principals, and for those who are desiring to be superintendents, and and we meet once a I meet once a month once a month with them, and with the principals with the principals what we do is what what we've designed is we've designed a ten month ten month course for them to go through, and what we do we try to give them every every aspect of the role of a principal and what at certain parts of the year. And during those meetings, I go in at the beginning of every meeting. And at the beginning of every meeting, I, I open myself up to the to the to the group. One, I give an overview, overview of, of what, what we're going to be talking about. So for example, during hiring season or during contract season, HR director will come and she would do her spiel. And what I'll do is I'll give them examples of different things that I have to deal with uh, as a superintendent when it comes to HR. And but at every at every one of the meetings, I always ask, okay, hey, here you go. Any question? All right, what 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 do you need to know? What are you what are you thinking about? What's going through your mind? Uh, any questions you have access to the superintendent? Ask me any question you want to ask. Okay, and we 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 say that we let we lay the groundwork of. Okay, uh, there's certain certain things that we can talk about and certain things I can't talk about, but I'll I'll answer any question that you may have. Another thing that I uh, I, I do and I got I got this from uh, uh, John Maxwell is I have lunch and learns, and so uh, I was I will let aspiring super aspiring superintendents or aspiring principals aspiring leaders that want to have lunch with me will sit down and we'll have lunch and. They can pick my brain and we can work through things 
and and we can look at resume look at their resume we can talk about their resume we can talk about all the question all the things that goes into uh, moving into a new leadership role and how how should uh my family be affected with these things and how does how how does dr Harris, how does how is it that you have uh, your children in the same district as you and your superintendent how does your family affect how does it affect your family how does it affect your your daughter and your son just different aspects uh, like that so giving them time and that's 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 very very important and i i know one of the most frustrating frustrating things to me um when i first became superintendent was uh, everybody says, hey, man, if you need anything, give me a call. Anything, give me a call. But as soon as you call, they don't answer. Uh, OK, uh, they're so busy. So one of the things I, I've always tried to commit myself to doing is making sure that I share my time and share my time and be accessible with them. Also, next, I talk about sharing your sharing in the book um, on the chapter of leaving a trail. We talk about sharing your resources. And this not this doesn't just this doesn't mean your money, uh, but if you got money, you can give it to them. You can help them with help, you can help them out with the need a little bit. But at the end of the day, that's not what it's all about. Um, two things I talk about in the book uh, are your intellectual capital and your political capital. Um, one of the things that I learned uh, as superintendent, and most of you guys know that first year as superintendent, you really don't know what you don't know. You, you you don't know what you don't know. You you like okay, uh, I've gotten this job. Uh, I'm sitting this this job. I've 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 gotten. I've gone through. I got my certification. I've gotten all this thing. I've gone through all the classes. Okay, now I'm in the chair. Okay, the the thing that that really bothered me was okay. What don't I know? What is going to, what is going to catch? What is going to catch me off off guard? What is going to catch me off guard? Uh, I could not wait until that first year was over because now I've done everything at least one time, at least at least one time. Because when you come into the job, you really, you know, you know what you've experienced, you know what you've heard, and you know what you've been told. And everything you need to know is not in the binder and everything you need to know is not in the book. And so it's great to have other superintendents or other leaders that you can go and talk to that they can share their intellectual knowledge with you and their intellectual capital with you so you don't so you don't make mistakes you don't make you don't make mistakes that you could, that could have been avoided i know i probably got on some some of my colleagues nerves that first year because i called and i called and i called and i called and and so uh, now that I'm in a position where I've been doing this thing almost nine years, now you know I like to share my intellectual capital to help somebody else along the along along the way. Um, and then the thing I talk about also in the book is political capital. That's that capital you've gained with the within the organization, uh, capital you've gained with the community, uh, capital you've gained within the profession within the profession. It's those relationships you built uh, with those with uh, others, um, and what I've learned is um, we can, with our political capital, when we share that with those aspiring leaders, what ends up happening is it gives them a little bit more credibility. You can help them get through certain doors that they normally would not get through uh, if if you don't co-sign it. Um, you can you can. Through your networks and through your things that 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 your your relationships, you can help you can help them in situations that normally they would not be able be able to be a part of. So, uh, I believe it's very important that that we share that political that political capita. Now, you have to be you have to be careful with that because, and I tell the ones that I, that I'm sharing mine with, I tell them, I said, now listen, I only have so much to burn. And I can't and I can't allow you to just to burn it all up. So if I if 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 I use my political capital to help you, you need to make sure you take full advantage of that and remember, remember that you are a representation of me. So whenever you go that route. So uh that's one of the things that that I talk about. And that's chap that's 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 chapter one, leaving a leaving a trail. Next slide, please. 
the next one is the next chapter is responsible communication. And and the subtitle there is a leader's words initiate action. Um, no good leader can be careless with their communication. No good leader can be careless with the communication. You have got you've got to be uh intentional, you have to be calculated, uh, you have to make sure that you un that you understand uh two things. One is your words, your words are powerful. And that was something I had to get used to as a, as a superintendent, the power of, of, of my, of my words, the power of what I say, because when, you know, when you say, say something, it caused people to start doing something, either positive or negative, but they're going to start doing something because your words have power. For example, one of the things that I had that I had to get used to is I, I like to walk around the campuses and I walk the campuses and I'm walking the campuses and I'm looking at everything. And one and uh I would see things uh that needed to be addressed. And what I would do is I pick up the phone, I would call my maintenance director. If I see facility things that need to be addressed, and I would give him a call and I would say, Hey Greg, hey, go check a hey, uh we got this, 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 this that I'm seeing. And the, the thing is, I didn't want Greg to go fix that right now. I didn't want him to go send anybody to go do that right now. All I was doing is making him aware of it. But because of the power of my words, he proceeded, if I'm calling him uh, to talk to him about something, then therefore it needs to be, it needs to be fixed and done right now. And so he would take off and call people, move people, take people off other jobs and send them over there uh, for it to be done immediately. And I would, and so I finally figured out, hey, this, this my words uh, have power. So let me, let me, let me, when, be, when I begin this conversation, I start saying, hey, Greg, I'm seeing this. You don't have to do anything about it. Just put it on your list uh, to get it done. Uh, whenever you get an get an opportunity to, and we'll talk about the importance of clarity in a minute, and I'll come back to that to that conversation. And then another thing that I had I had to work on, in, and and there's some people on the call that know me. Uh, you guys know I think out loud, so I, I'm one of those ones. I'll be walking and I'll just be thinking out. I'll be thinking out loud. I'll be in a meeting, and and we'll be talking about something, and, and I'll be thinking out loud. I'll be processing it through out loud not understanding that as I'm processing things through out loud, that my team, they were taking what I was saying and they're ready to go do something with it. And often, and I talk about it in the book that um, uh, we would be in a meeting and I'll be thinking out loud and then they would go and run and do something about it and do, and they're going in a totally different direction than I really wanted to go. And then when I would ask him, hey, man, why did you do this? Well, Dr. Harris, you said this, 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 and this in the meeting. And then I said, oh, no, I was just thinking out loud. And so I had to start, start, say, hey, guys, I'm just thinking out loud. Let's, let's, let's not go do anything about it. Let's work together. Uh, so my word, your, your words are powerful. And so when, if, when you are having, when you are, being responsible with your communication, you understand those things and you understand that, okay, I've got to, I've got to make sure that my, that my, my words are not taken out of context. Also, I got to make sure that my words don't send the wrong message. And so then that leads me to the next thing. The next thing on the uh, responsible communication is the importance and clarity. From our seats and from a leader's seat, you have got to be clear. Clarity is vital. It is important. And if you, you can see on the slide that I say lack of clarity can, can cost an organization time, money, and reputation. If you're not clear on, on, on those things, on what you're trying to convey, you're not clear on your expectation, it will cost you time, it will cost you money, and you will cost you cost cost you in some areas it can cost the district reputation and also cost your reputation, and so you have to be clear. One of the examples I talk about in um, in the in the book is is about uh, whenever COVID hit, 
And, um, you know, everybody was going out, going crazy and everything was going up. Everybody was going in a, a million different directions. But um, also on top of COVID, you remember we had the school shootings and shootings. So you got, you got, you have COVID and you have school shootings and all this going on. And so I, so they came out with these metal detectors that, that, uh, that could take the temperature. And so I said, Hey man, let's kill two birds with one stone. I said, we could, we could, we could get this and it could help us with school safety. Uh, and uh, instead of, and also we could take temperatures. So, uh, and I know, I knew my community somewhat had issues with metal detectors, um, but then when it, I could convey it as, hey, this is a this this helps us uh, real get that temperature checked and everybody can stay safe. So, and so I mentioned it and I mentioned it in passing uh, to my technology director who will be handling that and my and my chief of police, and I mentioned it and and I went on. And so about about a month went by, and I said, "Hey guys, when are we going to get those those metal de detectors in place?" And they looked at me like a deer in headlights, and and said, uh, "What are you talking about, Doctor Harris? Uh, 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 we're going to get to it. Uh, uh, I know you want, but you know we're going to get to them. But because I wasn't clear on the urgency of the matter, it cost us time." To get to get those in place, so they finally figured it out when I looked at them and said, "Okay, so we're we're just going to wait for someone to just come into the building and shoot up everybody before we get them, and then we'll get them." And then they like, "Okay, we got it, we got it, we 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 figured it out." So you, sometimes you got to be more direct, but the main thing you have to be you have to be clear uh, clear on on your expectations. I know most of us as superintendents, we we uh, we put in we put in place a performance incentive here and you guys know as well as i know when you put when you attach things to money uh you've got to make sure that you are very 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 clear because people will people will find every hole in it and people will find every everywhere around it uh people will find every way to manipulate it and so uh, when we communicated this thing, we, we, it took us about six months to get it exactly the way we wanted it before we even put it out there to the staff because we wanted to make sure we 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 covered every loophole. And even with that, we still found some that some people got around. So you want to you want to be you want to be clear. All right, next slide, please. And uh, responsible communication is also appropriate messaging. Uh, this this here this here is really uh, just just uh, has to do with just communication one on one. Most of you guys one on one, you guys know about this. You guys understand this, but but I've had to I had to learn this uh, and I had to work through these things, uh, making sure my making sure my tone was right, making sure my tone was right. I remember I remember. I, most of y'all, you guys know me. I'm a passionate guy. If I'm passionate about something, I, I'm passionate about it. My my voice may raise. I may I may I may get animated, but don't mean I'm mad about anything. I'm just animated. I'm just I'm just passionate about it. I remember talking to my high school principal one time about something, and I was just going on and on and on. And man, I was so my I was I was I was animated, and and I was going. And next thing I know, she started crying, and, and I'm looking I'm looking at what you what you crying for. I, and she, she, her, she thought I was mad at her, and that that I had a problem, and I really didn't have a problem. I was just passionate about what I was saying. So, I so I had to start really working on. Hey, hey, check your tone, check your tone, and then body language. You guys know your, you know that uh, most of most of the most of your communication comes from your body language, and then 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 timing is everything. Timing is everything. Me and my communication director work really, really hard uh, with with timing on when to put certain things out, when to say certain things, uh, uh, because if you if you put it out at the wrong timing, uh, uh, no matter how good your effort was to communicate this thing, if the timing is wrong, it will cause a problem. 
and then wording, making sure you choose the, the correct words and make sure that, uh, that situation I was talking about with um, in, in with chapter one, when we had the uh, situation where the family, the family had died. Um, we, me and Lorraine, my me and Lorraine, my former uh, communication director, we we took about three hours to make sure that the wording was right before we released anything because we did we was trying to think through everything and we didn't want to send the wrong message. So making sure the wording is, is correct and then uh, the method. Uh, you guys know uh, in this this world of this world that we live in now, this text world. Everybody want to send a text, you know, and everything either is in text or it's in email because it's quicker and all of that stuff. But some messages need to be face to face. All right. Be, uh, because you got you know that body language is 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 not is is not uh, involved in a text. Uh, tone can be misrepresented in a text. Uh all of those things can be messed up uh, when it, when you do it in a text. So you have to know what's the appropriate appropriate method for this situation. There's, there are sometimes there are some things that that I did videos for here instead of sending an email, sending an email, especially during COVID and and trying to convey convey vaccinations, the importance of vaccination, trying to convey the importance of wearing masks and, and those types. Yes, we put some, we put a lot of things in, in writing and we convey, but there were some, I just, I, I did, I did videos because I, I wanted, I wanted to, uh, to convey it verbally, but not only verb, not only verbally, but also they could see me and they could, they could, I could I could connect. I could work on connecting with them. So some things, some things, uh, you just got to figure out. Okay, what's the appropriate method that I need that I need to communicate? So, and that's all about all a part of being responsible with your communication. And um, because sometimes we can be careless trying to do something so fast, trying to get something out, um, not paying, not not really giving this message the value and the value and respect that is needed, uh, uh, thinking that it minimizing the situation. So so you just got to make sure that you take the time to make sure that you that you communicate um, in a responsible fashion. All right, next slide. I'm trying, I'm trying to watch my time also. Okay, so oh this this right here, I, I love this 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 part of the book. You really could do a workshop on just this part of the book, nurturing followers, uh, nurturing followers, and I, and this part of the book really really came from my brother, uh, from a conversation that I had with my brother. My brother is my brother, and I talk about it in the book. My brother is a is a landscaper. Um, my brother, he he can man him and his wife have a landscaping company, and they're they they're wonderful. Uh, with all of that stuff. Uh, I do not have a green thumb. I can't grow anything. Um, anything that I put in the ground is going to die. Um, and so so I, I remember having a conversation with my, with my brother and and I and I said his name is Harold. I said, Harold, I said, man, I said, why is it that that your plants always come out so pretty and everything's always nice? I said, man, I I I I get him I get the, the plants. I get this. I read all the directions. I I do it the way they say do it and all that stuff. I said, but my stuff never works. It's always my, my plants always die. And he looked at me and he said, he said, he said, Rick, you don't value the seed. I said, what do you what what do you mean? He said, you, you don't you don't value the seed. He said, he said, you just drop it in the ground. You don't spend no time. You just say, okay, this way you're gonna put it. He said, "If you notice, when I get ready to to plant plant uh, plants in your in your in your in your flower bed, you notice how and you probably not, don't pay attention how much I walk around. I look, I move stuff around. I look at what's there. I spend a lot of time." He said, "I'm really just looking it all over to make sure that I place I, I find the most productive place to plant to to plant the seed." I want to make sure that when I put it in the ground, it's in a place that is that is going to going to be 
a productive place. It's going to prosper. It's going to be able to be able to grow. He said, so first thing I do is I, I really look at and find the place. And so when I, so to bring that to leadership, whenever, whenever you are nurturing your followers and whenever you are bringing new people on the team, you, you, you need to make sure you find the most productive place to plant them. Make sure that you, you put them in a place where they're going to prosper. Now, as the leader, you're responsible for that. Uh, everybody that wants a particular place in the organization does not belong in that place. And a lot of times they don't, they don't even realize that that's not the best place for them. That's just the place that they want. And so, so, so you really got to really pay attention to put in people in these places. Now, now, now what I've learned, learned also from my brother is, is to prepare the soil to receive, to receive the seed. My brother, my brother talks about how once he finds the place that he want to play, want to plant it, then he goes through this whole process of cultivating and working with the soil and making sure the soil is, is ready to receive the seed. He said, he just don't drop it in the ground. He say, I work it, I make it, I make sure I go through it, I go through it, I cultivate it, I work it, all right? I'll, I'll take everything out, I take all the rocks out, out away, away from that area. He said, then once I get it like I like I like like I like it, then I let it just rest for a week or so, all right, to see, to see what's in there that may I may have missed that's going to be toxic to the sea. And then I go back through and I peel it out. And so I'll, I say that to say this when I when I think about leadership, do we prepare the the environment by which we're going to place the person in? A person can be a great employee. A person could person could be a great asset, but we put them in the wrong environment. And and most of the time, most of the time. We pretty much know the environment that we're putting them in if we really evaluate it and we really look at it. Um, you know if it's a if, if it's if it's a toxic toxic environment, you know if that's a if that's a hard place for someone 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 to work. You you know that you know what type of people are on that campus and so or or within an organization. So you have to really look at that and it, you have to you have to say, okay. Um, do I need to do a lot more work with this with this department or with this campus prior to putting them in that in that place? All right, for them to be successful. And then once then once you once you plant them in there, then you have to monitor the progress more frequently when you first plant it. When I when when I had to explain this to one of, to one of my one of my new principals. I, I, I knew I put her on a tough. I knew I had put her on a tough campus. I knew I had, and um, we had tried our best to get everything ready before we placed her on that campus. And we we did a lot of lot of groundwork. But uh, that first year, I spent a lot of time, a lot of time uh, checking in. I spent a lot of time monitoring. I spent a lot of time. Uh, working with working with her, and she thought I was, and I had to explain to her because she thought I was I was was was, was trying to micromanage her, and I had and I had to tell her no 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 I'm just making sure that I'm monitoring to make sure if you need anything to make sure that 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 I am I, I can see your I can see your blind spots because we all have blind spots, and so I had to just kind of let her know what I what what I was doing. And then the next thing is you see, provide the proper nutrients for, for growth. By me being around, by me monitoring often, also they gave me the ability to see what she needed to enhance her growth and to keep moving her, moving her forward, moving her forward. And then the next thing, be patient with the seed. Now, now in this environment by which we by which we are in now. It takes a lot, uh, a lot of times 
we don't we don't we don't have the patience that we need because of all the accountability that we got to get. We got to get this system turned around right now. We got to get this campus turned right now. We got to get this benefit. We got to get this this progress right now. But you know, you got to be patient with it. Um, if you plant a seed, you plant a seed in the ground today. You're not going to get a flower tomorrow. You know, you have to be patient with it. And then, uh, then the last thing with this this whole nurturing followers is uh, talk. I talk about you have to be willing to change the environment if necessary. So at the end of the day, end of the day, if you value the seed enough, you got to be willing to sometimes move the seed if you have to move the seed to save the seed. And and so, and that's a hard decision sometimes, but you have got to be willing to make those make those decisions. Every time you move, and I, I, I've learned this, every time, every time you make a move with someone in the organization is not always a negative move. Sometimes it may be perceived as a negative move, but it's not as a it's not as a negative move. They just may not be in the right seat at that time. And that 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 seat may not be be the right fit for them. And so you've got to be willing to make that move and 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 make and make that adjustment. Next slide, please. All right. And this is a chapter that Dr. Hanks wrote on, on providing hope, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. And, and, and uh, I was so I was so happy he wrote this. Actually, actually, uh, Dr. Nana, Nana LeBlanc was supposed to write it. Uh, at that time, she's retired now. She was my deputy superintendent. And but she was so busy with 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 doing everything that she could not write it. So I got him to write it uh, because hope is uh, uh, is something that 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 we have as leaders have got to be always peddling. Got to be always always peddling. And in the book, you'll see you'll see you'll see these. I'm gonna go through these quickly because I'm I, I'm, I'm pressed up on time. Um, in the book, you'll see the what's known as the the per, the perspective of hope. One of the things as the leader is the leader is you you've got to be able to to give the people a different perspective. I'm not saying give the people a give the people a fairy a fairy tale or give the people a lie. The truth is the truth. And, but at the same time, you have got to be able to uh, communicate the other side. Every, every negative situation, if you look at it long enough, you can find a positive, okay? And so you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to convey that. And whenever you can give someone hope, you give somebody a different perspective to whatever situation that they're going through. Um, especially right now, man, with, with the, with the teacher shortage and with children, let me say it this way, with parents not being the same as parents once was. So you're dealing with a different type of student. You're dealing with a different type of kid. Um, uh, and so teachers are going through and they have to deal with, they have to deal with some tough stuff. And so you've got to be able to communicate uh, hope and give them a different perspective uh, to see to see beyond what they're seeing every day. And so that's one of the things you have to do. You got to understand the power of hope, the, the power of hope. You know, uh, hope can keep you going. Hope can keep you going. Yeah, uh, one of the things that, that, that will kill a person's dream is if they feel as though they're hopeless. But if you can keep if you can keep hope alive, keep hope alive, then uh, then uh, hope has power to to keep me moving toward 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 what I'm trying to do, and to keep me moving beyond what I'm seeing every day. Now now the chapter now the, there's a portion that, uh, that talks about hope without hands. Now that means okay yeah we can we can say a whole lot. But saying a whole lot means nothing if you're not doing a whole lot. And so, so you have got to also be able to put legs on those hope, 
on the on that hope. We gotta also be able to to give that hope hands, all right, to be able to to be able to work and to be able to do some things. So look in that area of the book and you'll see that. And then also milestones. I've learned and you'll learn you gotta celebrate, celebrate the smallest of victories and make the smallest of victories a milestone. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you're going to you're going to have an, enough losing battles along the way. Uh, every time you get whatever victory, you want to make sure that you that you celebrate that, and you celebrate that with your team. You celebrate that with your staff, all right, and and make a big deal of it because because it will keep you moving toward that larger goal that you're going after. Then you got to be able to identify identify snipers of your hope. You all have them. You all have them. We all have those people that, that, that y'all have those people that know that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how pretty things are. They're going to find something wrong with it. Uh, they're going to always be complaining. My grandma used to say, like she used to tell me and my, me and my brother and sister, you're crying with a loaf of bread under your arm. Be thankful for be thankful for what you have instead of always finding the negative negative part of everything. All right, you have those people that 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 will that are snipers. They look for opportunity to put people's hope out, and so you got to identify those people. You got to identify those those people, and then stories of hope. Share your stories. Share your stories. Share your stories. Uh, I've I've learned that that's that stories, stories, stories of hope help people move forward. And so share share those stories. Next slide. All right, then the last chapter. Then we 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 close out this last chapter uh, in the book uh with managing crisis. Uh, a, a leader's true character is shown, not heard during a crisis. Um and uh I have been, I have had to deal with my share of crisis more than I more than I uh, would have volunteered to be able to deal with. Uh, just give you a little a little bit perspective, little bit of perspective. Uh, I got the job here in 2015. Yeah, 2015. We we got the job in in March of in April of 25th, April of 2015. Um, I told you the one situation about the 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 uh, family they got they got they got killed. Um, then I had to deal with we had to deal with Hurricane Harvey, uh, and a lot of people a lot Houston got a lot of the um, the news media uh, about Hurricane Harvey. But the truth of the matter is, I'm not taking anything away from Houston, but the truth of the matter is, no one no one received more water than Orange. Uh, we got 63, 63 inches of water in three days. Um, uh, people uh, people woke up, went to bed, uh, and everything was fine. And stepped out of their beds to go to the back to the restroom, and they were standing in knee deep water. Uh, there were people that there were people that uh, when the when the National Guard was coming to get them, they had alligators circling the houses. So. Um, so we had, so we had, so we had Harvey. We had to deal with Harvey. Then we had to deal with uh, Tropical Storm Amelda. Then we got uh, uh, trying to get them in order. Then we, then we got uh, uh, Hurricane uh, Laura. Uh, La we got Laura, and then we got uh, Beta. That has not talked about that much. Uh, Tropicals on we got uh, beta. Uh, so then we got the ice storm, like everybody else got. Then 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 we then we got COVID, and and Laura and COVID was all together. So we so we were dealing with COVID. We were dealing with COVID, and then we got a hurricane. And so uh, so I've had my my share share uh, share. Uh, of dealing with with crisis and uh, and and it wasn't fun, but I learned from it. I learned from it, and so uh, I'll just say these these three things, and 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 we'll we'll close close. Um, 
when dealing with crisis, I learned I learned the first thing. The first thing you have to do is you have to be able to show compassion, and you have to be able to convey uh, compassion to your to your your followers. You have to convey compassion to the community. One of the things that 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 I that I wanted to make sure during those hurricanes was that that hey, I feel what you feel. And I'm in here with I'm in I'm in here with you, even though even though um, every hurricane I left I, I left I left the city I told I, I left the city um, uh, when they said leave hey I dismissed school I got everybody gone and I left and I came back I left but I came back uh, but I wanted to convey that you know I I had a home here um, I I had a home here. I had to, I, 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 so what I, I went about and I helped with uh, mucking people's houses out. And if you don't know what mucking houses out means, that means you go in and you, uh, you, you got to clean out all the mud and all the stuff that's been, uh, that's come in people's houses. And then, then make sure that then you have to cut the sheep rock so high uh, and, and, and dry the house out. So I was in there, you know, I was in there with them to 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 do that. And then I went. Then uh, we were we were passionate about making sure that we got the district back up and running quickly, as quick as possible, because we wanted to get those we wanted to get the the, the students back in the buildings so parents could work, work get work done while we took care that took care of the children. Uh, also, we we also you know, uh, we opened up our facility, opened up our facility for for uh, parents to parents and families to to use our facilities and 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 do those things. Y'all, everybody know we're a big football thing down in West Orange. We love football, and everybody loves football. Uh, one of the things we 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 got back to playing as and practices as soon as possible. Now everybody thought that it was all about football, yeah, we, football, 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 but no. That was an opportunity where we could get our kids up to the school for they can get a good hot shower, get a good hot shower, and also we could feed them. We could we could feed them, and then we had then we had a a uh, uh, we the first we when we was able to play our first game, we had a we had a game that we just let everybody come in free, but not only let everybody come in free, we had a tailgate where we was feeding people hot meals. Hot meals at that time. So we want you want to show during a crisis. You want to show 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 compassion, and then then the next thing is you you got to show direction. At the end of the day, end of the day, everybody's looking to you for direction. Okay, all right, and so you have got to be able to convey a direction toward a sense of familiar territory. One of the reasons why that we got back to playing football was because that was familiar territory. Every Friday night here in Orange, in West Orange, there was a certain place that everybody is going to be, especially during that time. We had, during that time, we had just won one state championship and we was on the process of winning another state championship and in the process of going to state again. And so there was a, so there was a sense of familiarity that we wanted to make sure that, I, that we could convey uh, to the to the people we're going in that direction and then then you got to understand also now from this direction the praise and the problems going to be at your feet okay there are going to be some things that you're going to do great and there are going to be some things that you're not going to be not going to do so so great but you got to be ready to own both of them you can't want the praise and run away and run away from the problems okay you just got to know that and then this was one that I had to learn. Also, you want to move quickly, but not rushed. All right. There are things that have, you got to be diligent about making decisions and diligent about doing what needs to be done, but you don't need, but you don't need to rush yourself on, on things. Move quickly, but don't be in a, in a fashion of rush, rush. Okay. Make sure you can gather information and gather all the information well, so you can make a appropriate decision. And then you got to communicate the communicate communicate that direction, and you got to communicate that direction often, often. 
And so in the book, I talk about how we how we went about that process of communicate, communicating often and timely and timely and make sure you have all the information set first before you communicate anything out. And then always, always have a caveat in whatever you communicate uh, with the direction that that uh, situations may cause certain things to call, to change in our direction. So it just takes time. And that goes back to that responsible communication piece that we talked about. And then, la then the last thing is composure. You've got to be composed. In the middle of a crisis, if the leader is running around with their hair on fire, everybody else is going to be running around with their hair on fire. Okay, you've got you've got to be you've got to be composed. You got to be able to think. You got to the, the the art of great leadership is is everything is chaotic and everything is difficult, but you make it look easy. You 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 make you make it look easy. The funny thing funny thing is my my, my little daughter um, when we we got here she was a third grader and um, my daughter thought all that her daddy did was was have meetings. And, and eat at meetings. That's all you do, Daddy. Go eat at meetings. That's all you do. You don't do anything else but just eat at meetings. All I see you do is eat at meetings. That's all you talk about. Okay, but there's other things that I'm doing. Okay, but at the same time, at the same time, that's the art of making it making it look easy, even though it's it is it is difficult. You're spinning a million plates. You're spinning five, six, seven plates at one time. But the key is spinning them all and not dropping the one. Okay, and so now, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you do that? You you can't do it unless you have a team you can trust. I will put my team up against anybody. Okay, I have a great, great, great team, and uh, uh, my team. And when COVID hit, COVID hit, my team, my team flipped flipped the whole education process in while we was on while we was on spring break. Okay, we just we, we do through Zoom through a uh, through we didn't have Zoom at that time. We didn't, we didn't know anything about Zoom that, that well. Uh, we just was conference calling, conference calls, and we all and, and and they all flipped it, flipped it, flipped it, got it all right and ready. By the time the commit, by the time the commissioner said we we couldn't go back go back to school, it was all going online. They had everything already laid out in place by the end of the week. That's how good my team is. All right. And so uh, I trust them to get it done, to get to get it done. And then then trust your training of your team. If you've trained them right, you train them to be prepared for a crisis. You've trained them to do what they need to do in the middle in, in this situation. Trust that they're going to get that done now. Trust, but verify. OK, but trust that they that they're, that they're going they're going to get that done. Then, 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 then. Next thing is you can stay composed when you have a network to tap into, like you people that's on this call. Some of you people that's on this call, um, people you can call. All right, have a network that you that you can call that, that can help you that can help give you advice and talk you through certain situations that you can that can, that you can bounce things off of. Okay, and those who've gone through certain certain crises. Back to chapter one, leaving the trail, going through certain things, and then you have this network that you can work with that will help you be help you at least appear as though you are composed in the middle of that crisis. And then not everybody does this last does this last thing. And I don't, I don't, I don't. Uh, most of you guys know I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor, so uh, my number one thing is not going to be composed. I trust God. All right, and I'm not going to get preachy on that, but I'm just going to say it, say it this way: say it this way, whether it's God or whatever your higher being is, you got to have somebody to trust that's beyond you, and that's then that's what I do. So, next slide. I think that's everything, uh, guys. Thank y'all for your time. Thank you for spending time. Thank you for coming. I hope it helps somebody, uh, and I open up for any questions that that anybody may have, because uh, there's, there's a lot in the book that I didn't I didn't go into. Uh, but it's there for is there for you there for you to, you to you to enjoy, Gary. Absolutely, uh, yeah. If you have questions, right there in the Q and A feature of the chat box, we have a few minutes. We can answer some questions. Uh, just feel free. Uh, we got the Q and A box there, right there at the at the bottom of your screen. What is? 
give it a minute here and see if there's any questions. Okay, well, uh, we don't see any questions coming in right now. Dr. Harris, he's at West Orange Cove Consolidated ISD. Um, feel free to reach out to him if you have any questions about today's workshop or if you need a resource from a leadership perspective just to, to ask questions from. Highly recommend you get a copy of his book, The Unavoidable Responsibility of, of a Leader. It's on Amazon. And um, also, please feel free to tune in to the Educational Leadership Podcast. We're on Spotify and other platforms. We have a lot of other great content that, have been, that has been put out by school superintendents around Texas, Oklahoma, and we're sp expanding throughout the U.S. So we have over uh, 60 episodes on the podcast. And uh, if you do have a, a book that you've published, if you're a superintendent and you have you do have a book, uh, happy to talk with you as well about providing a workshop. And Dr. Harris, thank you for, for your time today. Thank you for the great content you provided around leadership. And um, just thank everybody else for attending today's workshop. Thank you so much for having, having me, y'all. Uh, have a great, great, great rest of the day.